0: Welcome to the Gary Smith Show. For the next hour, Gary will be taking your calls and answering your emails as he discusses personal development as it relates to your business, your career, and your personal life. Gary is a successful businessman and entrepreneur and is the founder and president of Optimum Performance Technologies, LLC. Gary is a business consultant, business and personal coach, and a professional speaker and writer who has dedicated his life to helping businesses and individuals develop and implement plans to take their companies and their lives to new levels of performance and success. Gary is the author of two outstanding books, The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life, and Achieving Unusual Greatness, Timeless Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed. If you have a question or comment for Gary, please call in at 860-432-9735 or email him at questions at optex.com. You can also learn more about Gary by visiting his website, optex.com. And now here's Gary Smith.
1: Good morning, happy Saturday morning everyone on this uh, cool first of November. I got up this morning and was looking outside. The sunshine was just peeking in a little bit. And I thought to myself, gee, I'm going to get a chance to get out and work in the yard later today. And then as soon as I stepped outside the house to uh, come up to the studio, it was cold and it was windy. And I thought to myself, well, maybe not. So anyway, uh, stay inside this morning if you can. Grab a hot cup of coffee. uh, Sit back. Uh, grab a notebook or a piece of paper and a pencil or a pen Uh, you're going to want to take some notes on the broadcast today Uh, it's great to have you along for the ride today i really look forward to uh, coming into the studio every saturday morning and getting to spend time with you folks Uh, thanks very much to zach hutchinson who's my producer for uh, being here today Uh, it's nice to be able to get a chance to chat with him a little bit as we uh, as we work our way through the show uh, today is going to be a show that may be a little bit uh, technical for some of you, uh, but I think it's something that uh, you know we we deal with a number of dis- different different uh, business and personal development subjects here on the show, and some of them are very general in nature, uh, but every once in a while I want to take a dive in and and look at some things, and today we're going to be talking uh, with Dan Crass. Uh, Krask from Brand Shepherd, um, and we're going to be talking about websites, uh, and uh, and WordPress themes and things like that. So, I want to try and give you a little bit of a lay of the land, uh, first and get you thinking about some things. Because if you are, if you already are a business owner, uh, maybe a small business owner, or maybe you're somebody who's contemplating starting a business, one of the things that you're going to have to deal with is looking at where a website fits into what it is that you're doing. Uh, and for some of you, uh, it it may be critically important. Uh, others may be not so important. Um, but one of the things that I encounter in working with small businesses is that people tend to overlook the importance of a website and what that website needs to be able to do for you. And because, uh, as you can imagine, most small businesses, especially when they're starting out, you know, they don't have you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to invest in in websites. Uh, they try to do it on their own, and so they will go out and uh, you know they'll spend uh, they'll spend a few bucks to buy a domain name and kind of claim their real estate space uh, on the uh, on the web, and then they will you know go to either buy a very uh, inexpensive template that they can use uh, or they will, um, you know, go to uh, a number of uh, places where for a fairly small investment you can get in, they will host your website for you and they will provide the templates that you can use so it's kind of a fill in the blank thing. And they do that almost from the standpoint of, oh gee, okay, it's done, the task is done, Uh, the website is up and now I can tell everybody I have a website but they're not really looking at the website from the standpoint of what does it really need to do? What message are you trying to communicate? Uh, How are you trying to reach out to your audience? What uh, response do you want your website to be able to evoke? And so there are a number of facets within, uh, within looking at websites that become critically important for how people respond to your business. Um, And there's an old saying, in fact, that's interesting. On the way up here today, I was listening to a CD from uh, a friend of mine named Phil Jones over in the UK. He's one of the best sales trainers I know in the world, and I know I've mentioned him here on the program before. Phil is an incredible guy. I really love him. Uh, But he was talking about when it comes to uh, doing business, you have, uh, there's an old saying that says, you know, you only have one chance to make a first impression. Uh, And that is really, really important. And so what impression does your website make uh, when people go out and and maybe that's the only connection initially they have to you is that they see that you have a website, they go out and they look at your website. Is your website compelling enough to engage them to a point where they will want to email you or if you have a phone number on your website where they'll be willing to pick up the phone and call you and get engaged with you because the, the ultimate goal of every website is to not just provide information and tell people who you are, but engage them and, and be part of the conversion process from people who are interested in do, you know potentially doing business with you and, and being part of the process of converting that interest into a, a sale. So that's some of the stuff we're going to be talking a little bit about with, uh, with Dan this morning. So as I said, our guest this morning is Dan Krask. Now he runs an organization called Brand Shepherd. And Dan is a branding professional who really understands and engages both the creative side and the operation side of branding a product or a service. Uh, He's equally equipped to be the face of a branding firm and to roll up his sleeves and do the creative direction in the design work. And actually, back in 2008 and 2009, when the economy was falling apart, Dan was one of those guys who said, you know what, I'm not going to play that game. And he uh, took his small design firm from a few accounts to over two dozen accounts during that time, all of which were the result of client referrals. So uh, that speaks to Dan's credibility in the marketplace. When you, uh, when you have a huge percentage of your business that's built on client referrals, you don't get client referrals to uh, to new business unless you know what you're doing and unless you do what you need to do for your clients. So uh, Dan is an amazing expert in the field, and we're going to have a lot of fun talking with him today. So let's jump in into to our first segment of our interview with Dan Krask of Brand Shepherd. So, this morning, our guest is Dan Krask of Brand Shepherd. And we're going to be talking about WordPress themes uh, and how to apply that to, uh, to your business, some of the ins and outs of that. So, I'm really looking forward to the discussion. But before we jump into our questions, Dan, uh, first of all, welcome to the show. And just thanks so much for taking time from your busy schedule to be with me today.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to our discussion.
1: Yeah, I, I really am, too. Um, and, you know, Dan, part of the discussion that you and I uh, have had, uh, and the reason we selected WordPress was based on a blog post that you wrote that I, that I read, and I really got an awful lot out of it. And it was built around the parable of, of building a deck. So, maybe you could just take a a few minutes and kind of tell that story, and maybe, uh, you know, then we can talk about how that relates to, you know, WordPress and building a website for your business.
2: Sure. So, I needed uh, the ability to quickly communicate uh, kind of the thinking that goes into building a WordPress website when using uh, a WordPress theme, and then also the decisions that are being weighed in terms of should I use a theme at all or should I hire. Outside services, should I use, you know, what should I do? So I came up with a parable because uh, I'm a little bit of a DIYer, and it uh, goes a little something like this. Uh, basically, I, I, I dreamt up the idea of building a deck, and the, uh, the idea there was to create a space where I could have people over, uh, just a welcome environment somewhere on the sort of the exterior of my home, much like a website is. Uh, Before someone gets into the inside of your business, you know, they they hang out on your your website, get to know you. So a deck seemed like an appropriate analogy. So in a parable, i say uh, I I wanted to build a deck. And I thought this really can't be that difficult. I mean, decks are just wood and screws and brackets and stuff. So I went to my favorite store's website, found the model I wanted. I went went to the store itself and I bought the model that I wanted. And, uh, the people loaded my truck up with lumber and everything I needed. And, uh, I went home and unloaded it all. And I was totally overwhelmed by all this lumber, screws, nuts. I mean, basically I had a, a pile of lumber there instead of a deck. And I quickly realized, look, I'm not a builder. That's a skill that I could possess, uh, you know, with enough practice, but my time is better spent doing something else. Um, I also noted pretty quickly that the model that I looked at in the store and the model that I looked at online had about a lot of custom work done to it that I didn't know would not be included in that deck model. And bottom line is I should have hired an expert. Sure, you know, it'll be a little more expensive, but in the long run, it's going to make for, you know, the, the thing that I want, the deck that I want, the space that I want, it's going to be built the right way, and I can you know, put my time to somewhere that's actually useful. So in the parable, i go want to say that eventually I did call a deck builder, and uh, she was kind and thorough, and she examined my, my poorly built starter deck. And uh, her recommendation in this case was to start over. And we could repurpose some of the stuff that I had purchased, some of the hardware and, you know, lumber and whatnot, but it needed to be rebuilt. So her and her team, they rebuilt the deck. Uh, they did everything they were supposed to, and uh, she worked very closely with me to figure out what it is that I wanted out of the deck, uh, figured out, you know, space issues, all, all the things that I wanted so she could build it on behalf of me, and in the end, I had exactly what I wanted. I was able to use my time in the way that I wanted, and uh, everyone made out just fine.
1: Cool. I mean that, that uh you know as as you're telling that parable, and I mean granted I went back and I've I've read your blog, but there's a whole bunch of things that come into my mind as we're as we're thinking about that that are kind you know that are parallels to you know to you know building a website. So that you know, let's explore that a little bit. I mean, you know, maybe just give us kind of the sketch of, of how you see the parable of building the deck and ultimately winding up going to a professional. How does that whole thing figure into how people should be looking at WordPress and creating a website?
2: Yeah. So to unpack this a little bit, uh, obviously the deck is is your website and you've had a lot of options. Uh, right now WordPress is, I think the last statistic I, I checked was somewhere around 20, makes up about 20% of the world's website. So it's very popular, has a very strong community and there's resources everywhere. Uh, probably the most well-known resources are pre-developed themes. And these are Ways for uh, groups of developers to come together, build WordPress themes that take care of you know, most, if not all, of the coding. And the pitch is all you got to do is just you know, install the theme, upload your logo and your content, and boom, you're off and running. And they even have these really nice models that show you, you know, all the possibilities that can be done <coughs> with these, these pre built themes. Well, the problem is, uh, and this is a problem with developers in general, um, even the ones that I, I work with and hire, is that there seems to be this assumption that people have a baseline understanding of uh, coding, of how technology works, of how a website works. And for the person who maybe is coming into it that doesn't really know much of anything about you know, how websites work or even how WordPress works, what they end up getting is a theme that's installed for their website and it looks absolutely nothing like what they thought they were buying. Then they contact support, and they learn that, hey, yeah, that thing, that feature, that contact form that was on the website, that's actually a $200 dollars plugin that we put on all of our games. You know, that uh, that drop-down menu and some of the content on there, how maybe the the paragraphs are columned, yeah, that's a short code, but you're going to need to know how to code that a little bit. And so on and so forth. You get all these functionality things about the theme that end up being a lot more involved than it was sold. And so a lot of people find themselves facing the fact that they bought something that is still going to require a ton of time and a ton of learning, but they don't really know where to begin, and they might even regret going that that path to begin with, so they need help. And that's the pivotal point of, do you call in a, a professional? Uh, do you start asking around? Do you, you know, set aside six hours and dive into the documentation? Do you look up YouTube videos? And so these are the sorts of things that I covered in the blog post about you know, just what do you do? And the example I laid out was calling in a professional just to get an examination of where you're at. And uh, in the parable, of course, it ended up being that it needed to be rebuilt, but we could repurpose some of the content. And um, so what, uh, what I and my company do in this situation is uh, typically, you know, if we are working with a business that needs a website, but maybe, you know, is, uh, wants to keep budget very low or wants to do a lot with their budget, not just online stuff, but on offline stuff as well, a theme might be a very appropriate thing to do, but even though it's a theme, it's still going to require a professional's help, if nothing else, just to keep the time to a minimum. And so that, that was really the,
1: some point of the uh, the blog. Okay, yeah, and there's there's a lot of really really rich uh, stuff in there because I think that uh, you know that sometimes people seem to take the attitude that you know that they can do something as important and as critical as a business website themselves, and yet. Uh, I guess part of the point that you're making is that when you go online, and just like when you went to the, you know, to the store, you looked online and found the deck that you wanted, and yet the stuff that you actually bought at the store was not what the picture on the website really looked like because there was a lot of customization. And so people go in and they see something uh, on somebody's website that it's a real glitzy type of thing. And they say, wow, you know, all I have to do is just kind of take this thing and add my own content, but they don't realize that there's coding that needs to be done, that there are plugins that they need to buy that may substantially up, you know, up the cost of their doing things. Um, you know, and, and that I guess can be a, you know, could be a real, uh, a real challenge in, uh, in, in doing things like that Um, what are some of the other challenges that you find that people run into when they when they try to use something like WordPress
2: content is probably the biggest thing Uh, this is a a great example of of how a theme can be slightly misleading or or at least you have to know what you're looking at so when you're looking at a theme or really any word any uh, website in general um, and you see you know like a nice big image and you see nice text and headlines everything looks pristine um, that was all generated by uh, someone who specializes in content or maybe they're a generalist and they have a, a real strong understanding of content. So in general, when you look at that, if you see a nice big image, what you're actually buying, though, is a great big empty rectangle that it's going to be up to you to fill it with your own content. And you're going to see a big text box that's empty that you need to fill with your own text. And you need to figure out how to structure that, how to write it, how to, you know, present it in such a way that is absorbable and understandable by your by your customers and by search engines. So that alone is a is a real big area where I see some frustration of, hey, I've got this website now, um, and it sure looks good in the theme, but I don't know how to create the images that need to go into it because a lot of the you know a lot of websites require specific pixel dimensions for their their uh, content, and just writing alone. Uh, Writing for a website is probably the number one thing that we encounter that delays a project. Uh, Copywriting for websites is not an easy task by any stretch. So uh, I would say content is the the number one challenge when, when working with any kind of website.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's a great point. And that is that, uh, you know, that it, it uh, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, you know, in in uh, some questions that I have as far as, you know, designing a site from, you know, from a marketing and a customer service perspective and things like that. And we'll get to that in a little while. But right now we're going to take a quick break Uh we're, uh, we're talking with Dan Krask uh, of Brand Shepherd about WordPress themes and and how they relate to your website. And we'll be right back.
2: Hey, this is Daniel Fazzina, host of the Divine Intervention Show, inviting you to join me every Sunday at 4 p.m. on WSDK. Divine Intervention is the interview show that features intriguing people who've experienced the hand of God in amazing ways. Moses parted the sea, Jesus drove demons out of people and even raised the dead. Are these types of events still happening today? Tune in to Divine Intervention to find out as we feature people who have experienced miracles, answered prayers, deliverances, healings, and more. More information about the show free download Downloads and podcasts are available at our website, divineinterventionradio.com. Divine Intervention Sundays at 4 p.m. on WSDK.
1: I
0: believe in miracles.
1: Have you ever dreamed of achieving true greatness in your life? What does achieving greatness mean to you? No matter how you define it, greatness is always achieved intentionally, never accidentally. Hello. I'm business consultant, life coach, professional speaker, and author, Gary Smith. One of the key attributes of achieving true personal greatness is the constant pursuit of knowledge. I wrote the book Achieving Unusual Greatness, Timeless Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed to help give you the personal and business development tools you need to help put your life and your business on the road to success. It's chock full of ideas that you can put to work to produce immediate results in all areas of your life. Don't settle for being average. Go to Optex.com and get your copy of Achieving Unusual Greatness today. Rain and wind
2: continue through the afternoon and evening across the Connecticut Valley, thanks to an early season nor'easter skirting the coastline. Near 50 this afternoon, in the mid to upper 30s tonight. Partly sunny, windy, and still pretty chilly tomorrow, upper 40s. Sunshine for Monday, not much in the way of wind, a pleasant day, low 50s. Randy Berkson with the WSDK Weather Update.
1: Welcome back to the Gary Smith Show where we're visiting with Dan Krask of Brand Shepherd, uh, talking about WordPress themes and some of the critical things uh, you need to know when it comes to building uh, a website. And some of the stuff we've been talking about are things like when you go out and you buy a WordPress theme, what are you actually getting? Uh, and as Dan was saying, you know, you can look at some of the themes online and see they've got beautiful pictures and things like that. But when you actually load the theme up, all you get is a blank box and they're expecting you to be able to provide the content. So are you aware of all of those things? And based on what the need of your business is, as far as your website is concerned, at what point do you need to engage a professional to really help you uh, not only with the technical aspects but with the content and how, how do you go about creating that kind of compelling content that you need uh, with your website? So that's really, really important. We're going to continue our conversation with Dan, so let's jump back in for part two of Dan uh, Krask and Brand Shepard. Okay, we're back with Dan Krask talking about WordPress themes, and we've been building a little bit on a parable that he uh, explained to us about. Actually building a deck and how he went to the store and uh, and got the materials for a deck that he wanted to build and it turned out that the deck uh, didn't look quite like what he thought what he thought he was getting because there was a lot of customization and and uh, how he eventually wound up uh, going out and hiring a professional who came in and was able to reuse repurpose some of the materials that he bought. Uh, but it really took the the professional to help him get where he wanted to be with that deck to make sure it was safe, that it looked right, and that it was something where he was comfortable in bringing people to uh, you know to his home and and uh, and and having you know having some get-togethers there. So Dan, when we were talking about a little bit before, you talk about kind of three approaches to building a website using uh, WordPress. One is to you know go it alone. Uh, another is to uh, actually go out and uh, and acquire a theme uh, for being able to do things, and the third is actually hiring a professional to do it for you. Um, first of all, let's talk about what do you think are the are the pros and cons of each of those three approaches?
2: Right, the go it alone approach. The pro there is that if you have a degree of uh, web savviness and understanding, you're going to save a ton of money, uh, you know, in the long run by being able to manage it yourself. Now, you're also going to lose time, so that's the con, and your, you know, time being money, and you have to, you know, we're all given, uh, you know, 24 hours in a day, so especially for the business owner, uh, that could be problematic, because we already wear enough hats. So, the con, the pro there is saving time and money, the con being, you're, you know, you're going to have to give that up at, at some point. Uh, the using a theme approach is uh, probably a very attractive approach for business startups and maybe even the business that needs a refresh of their website. Maybe it was designed four or five years ago and they just, they're not, it's not mobile ready. It's not ready for the web of 2014 and beyond. But they're just, you know, things are tight or they need to put cash somewhere else, maybe for hiring new employees or whatever. They just they need to get that new website up. This is, a, this is a very effective way of getting a lot out of a little. So we often go into that kind of situation and make an assessment of what the, you know, what the business needs out of the website. And if we, we are gonna go with a theme, we'll identify maybe uh, two or three themes that we think uh, could, could meet the challenges and things that they need. And in some cases, we would bring in a developer To handle some modifications and the con there is that you're you're you are buying a theme that a lot of other people have bought so it's not it's not proprietary to you and your business now don't get me wrong the content is going to look you know like your business your brand and maybe that's enough maybe that's totally enough that you know this is a utility above above anything else but it is gonna be something that other people can get. The other con is more on the technical side of things. If we do end up doing modifications, then uh, you gotta think of WordPress as kind of like an iPhone or an Android phone. WordPress is an organization and they're building a product for everyone to build their websites on, okay? And uh, their number one concern is the user experience, and also the, uh, the safety of the websites. Make sure that it's not you know easy for hackers and attackers to get in. So just like Apple and Google do with Android and iOS, WordPress releases updates. And just last week, uh, we witnessed the release of WordPress 4.0 had a lot of really great content features that were added for us. But in doing that, when you think of the plugins that go into a, a, web, a website, you think of those as apps, okay? And the plugins have to be compatible with WordPress, and WordPress makes this very easy to see. Uh, they get a little bit of, uh, when there's an update that's available, they'll notify you and they'll tell you that if it's uh, compatible with the latest version of WordPress, and it's up to you to monitor that and whatnot. But the point being is that if you modify a WordPress theme, and then you get an update from WordPress, and then you get an update from plugins, and then you get an update uh, for some outside service you're bringing in, when you make all those updates, you really have to keep a sharp eye on the theme that you purchased to make sure that nothing breaks. And this can be a a big uh, pitfall for some, because if you make all those updates, and the modification of the custom work you did to the website isn't compatible with those updates, then you, you're looking at a broken website. Um, and that can be challenging. We just, work, we just helped a, an e-commerce web, website uh, client that we, we worked with uh, back in 2009. Uh, they had not updated their website uh, in, about, in about 2010, so we're talking four years worth of updates. And then all of a sudden, I get a call that says, hey, our website's down. We can no longer process sales. What's going on? So I looked into it, and sure enough, uh, plugins hadn't been updated, WordPress hadn't been updated, and both WordPress and their e-commerce plugin had just moved on from the version that they were operating on. So they were in a position where they literally couldn't process a sale anymore because their, their technology within WordPress had not been updated. So no matter which route you go between uh, the, the first two mentioned so far, uh, it, it, there is some, some cost involved, and with the theme approach alone, you're still going to probably need some ongoing help along the way, just to keep an eye on things and update bugs. Now, if you bring in a professional, then the, uh, the pros are that you're going to get something that's unique to you and your, your brand. Um, you're going to get the long-term maintenance and support that you need, and that maintenance and support is going to come from the team that actually created it. The cons are really costs. Um, you get what you pay for and so you know there's a higher cost to having something made from scratch coded from scratch and made to accommodate your specific brand Um, At the end of the day it's i find in working with business owners that it's almost always a budget-led decision at the end of the day we're all trying to manage cash flow and trying to figure out you know hey where's the best roi and in some cases uh, a website is merely a validation tool. We have plenty of these uh, these situations where the business is not interested in search. They're not interested in anything but just being validated. So a uh, prospect can go and say, okay, these guys are legit, read up on them. But the real kind of closing of the deal, the, the sale is happening offline. So it really comes down to an assessment between the business owner and the uh, the hired web professional.
1: Okay, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And, and I think you hit on a key point there uh, that, our, that our listeners uh, can pick up on. And that is that you really have to, maybe as one of the fundamental things, you need to be making a decision about what's the intent of your website. If your website is just nothing, if, if your intent of having a website is really nothing more than saying, uh, it, it's my online business card. So, that you can go there and you can say, Yep, you know, uh, John is for real, uh, you know, that sort of thing. That that kind of maybe takes you down one pathway because the level of of work that has to go into it because you're not having an e commerce site. People are not going to be, you know, doing transactions with you to buy products and things like that. All they're doing is validating you're there. So, that may take you down one pathway. On the other hand, if you want to have a fully a you know, fully developed e-commerce site, or if you're really looking to create a site that is going to uh, be a, a portion of your marketing strategy as far as things like lead generation and and that sort of stuff, then the level it seems to me the level of complexity goes up pretty dramatically. Is that kind of what you're saying, Dan?
2: Yeah, and even within those niches, it can be uh, it can be nuanced. Uh, we work with a lot of product makers and you could have one product maker that wants to sell all their stuff in, in retail chains. And so they don't even really necessarily want people to be able to buy their product online. Um, that's their, that's something they want to avoid because they want to make their products attractive to buyers of big retailers. Right? So that's one thing. Meanwhile, you could have a direct to consumer retailer that does want their, their product to be sold online. And so they, their needs are far more complex and they require all the complexities that go into e-commerce, you know, safe payment gateways, et cetera. And so it really comes down to what is the purpose of the website. You might have a consultant that uh, all of their work is happening, all their sales are happening offline, word of mouth, networking, stuff like that. And, you know, the website ends up being just a validation tool. Meanwhile, you might have the startup that just needs a ton of name recognition and they need people to find their website, and so content is a big deal for them. But I guess the, the, the way in which that I would disagree with my peers on, is, is on this point, that I don't believe that websites need to be found on Google as their number one priority. I believe that the website needs to serve the point that the business owner has decided is the number one priority, and not necessarily just assume that the search is the number one priority. This is a big conversation happening among web creators right now, and it's not unanimous yet.
1: Yeah, and I I have heard a lot about that particular discussion uh, from the standpoint that um, you know you can depending on what you're doing, especially when you're uh, when you're someone like me. I mean, you talked about being a consultant. Well, that's what I do. I'm a consultant. I'm a business and personal coach. And because there are so many people out there who are doing that, and because it's a very generic, you know, kind of vanilla flavor type of thing, uh, you can spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, you know, trying to get yourself into the top, you know, search engine rankings. You know, uh, even if you're just going locally or regionally, you can spend a ton of money to, you know, to do that. And yet, the the whole thing is, is that if doing that is not leading people, you know, if it's if it's if it's not generating leads that eventually lead to a high percentage of converted business, then when you look at it from an ROI perspective, the ROI just really isn't there.
2: i you. Use- yeah, I'll use my my own business as an example for that on, on exactly that point. We uh, we spent uh, a few thousand dollars on Google AdWords uh, to try and attract uh, a specific uh, client niche that we wanted to beef up, and we managed to bring in two new accounts that way, and they were both one and done uh, accounts. And after I think it was six or seven months of, of the AdWords campaign. We did an ROI assessment and figured out that, you know, our best work, our longest term uh, clients, the people that we end up, you know, really shepherding. And that's, that's what we want. That's why we're called Grand Shepherd. The brands we end up shepherding over a long period of time come to us or we are introduced through word of mouth connections. And that's it. That's, that's our strongest niche. Just good old fashioned, meet people, referred, you know, or uh, having some kind of personal connection first, and then the website is used as a as a validation tool. So even for us, it, it I made a determination that while our website is important to showcase our work, tell our story, stuff like that, uh, our website is not the number one tool that we use to uh, gain new business, and so we treat it accordingly.
1: Okay, yeah, sound, sound advice. Uh, very, very sound advice there. Well, folks, we're on with Dan Krask, and we're talking about uh, WordPress and using that to create a website, and we've just been talking about you know the whole concept of how do you go about approaching it, going it alone, using a theme, hiring a professional, those sorts of things, and some of the other nuances, and, and you really looking at it from the standpoint of starting off with what is it that you really need to do? What's the goal of having the website? And that sort of thing. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll We'll be right back with more of our conversation with Dan Kraske.
0: To bring change to the declining culture of America is to proclaim and live out the gospel of Jesus Christ. But does that mean you shouldn't bother voting this November? Absolutely not. Hi, this is John MacArthur, urging you to take advantage of your God-given opportunity to shape this nation by casting your vote.
2: See you at the polls. This message brought to you by National Religious Broadcasters, reminding you, make plans now and vote. November 4th
1: are you happy with where you are in life do you have a dream of becoming and achieving so much more Hi, my name is Gary Smith. I'm a business consultant, life coach, professional speaker, and author of a book called The Shepherd and the Princess Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life. If you're serious about taking your life to the next level, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially, then you need to read this book. Wrapped around the story of David and Goliath, The Shepherd and the Princess presents a powerful set of logical strategies designed to help you create the life you deserve. As you turn the pages, you'll receive step-by-step instructions that will help you define and clarify your purpose in life. You'll then be driven to create and implement plans for achieving your most precious dreams. Visit Optex.com and get your copy of The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life, today.
2: Wet and windy through the afternoon and evening across the Connecticut Valley thanks to an early season nor'easter skirting the coastline Near 50 this afternoon, mid to upper 30s tonight. Partly sunny, windy, and still pretty chilly, mid to upper 40s tomorrow. Sunshine for Monday as well, a pleasant day, low 50s. Randy Berkson with the WSDK Weather Update.
1: Okay, welcome back for our final segment here on The Gary Smith Show. We're talking with Dan Krask of Brand Shepard, uh, having a really interesting conversation and in trying to help people sort out the whole uh, mishmash, if you will, of uh, kind of unraveling the ball of yarn of WordPress. And should you be doing a website on your own? Uh, should you be hiring a professional? Where in between? And some of the key things uh, I think that are important that we talked about in this last segment, one was maintenance issues. When Whenever you get updates of things that are coming through, number one, you have to be willing, if you're doing it on your own, you have to be willing to allocate the time to be able to do that, which is time that's taken uh, taken away from your business. But on top of that, you also have to be sensitive to the fact that some updates cause conflicts. And if it breaks part of the WordPress theme, all of a sudden you can wind up in a situation where you really do need professional help to get things, uh, get things straightened out if you're not really good and well-versed at, uh, at, at HTML coding. Uh, the other thing is is looking at what the real purpose of your website is. As Dan was talking about, you know, sometimes it's just an online business card to say, hey, I'm here. Sometimes uh, you may be just wanting to communicate a little bit of information to say no, I don't sell product through my website, but here's the retail locations where you can get it. And sometimes it really does become a critical part of a marketing tool for somebody like a consultant because they can use it as a lead generation tool. And when you when you get into those things, the more the further up the scale you get of here's what I'm trying to accomplish and here's how important this is as a marketing tool for my business, the more you want to be I think thinking about engaging a professional to help you out because you really need to to be doing it right and the key to it is I think is looking at it and saying okay what kind of return on investment am I going to get and the way I would look at it is if you're someone who is looking to use your website as a lead generation tool how do you go about uh, looking at it from the standpoint of how many leads does your website need to generate, and based on your conversion rate, how many people are, do you need to convert in order to be able to pay for the, the services of somebody to help you out. Work the math on that, and, and then you can see what you, know, what you can reasonably afford to spend in order to be able to to have a website that really serves you as a as a marketing tool, and the other thing that Dan, Dan brought up that was really interesting is that searching, uh, you know, coming up in search engine rankings is is not really a number one priority. Uh, there's there's a tremendous shift that's going on in the industry right now, and a lot of debate going on about it. Uh, but I've get I've gotten to a point where I don't really care how I rank in the search engines anymore. It's not important to me. It's important to me that through other things of Social media and and stuff that I do that people be able to find me, uh, but I use a different pathway to be able to do that. So let's get back in and do our uh, third and final segment with Dan uh, as we continue talking about WordPress themes. Okay, we're back with Dan uh, talking about WordPress and uh, creating a website for your business. And and Dan, uh, one of the things that I want to uh, probe a little bit with you uh, uh, is how do you go about when you're when you're at a point uh, let's say i'm starting a brand new business and i realize that i you know that i need a website and i may or may not have really at this point kind of figured out how my website is going to figure into the picture of my overall business and how important it is going to be to me in my overall strategy how do you go about evaluating and selecting if I decide to hire a professional how do I go about evaluating and selecting a professional uh, to work with me and, and I'll give you an example that you know that I experienced personally that that has caused me some concern and, and I'm hoping maybe you can you know can help give some guidance to our audience but what what I ran into was I had had my website uh, hosted and redesigned by a particular company and I was having a lot of issues, more so, not that I didn't like the website, but more so uh, from the standpoint of their responsiveness and doing things. And so I finally decided, uh, I developed a relationship with a local company here, finally decided that I was going to transition things uh, over to them. And of course, what we did initially was we got a copy of the website, moved it onto their server, and then one of their guys started taking a look at it. And one of the things that he hit me with, and we were talking a lot about plugins that are available to do. Things And he came back to me after looking at it and said, the guys who were doing the coding for your site had no idea what they're doing. He said, I counted 28 plugins on your site. And he said, many of the plugins that they were using, he said, it looked to me like they got into something. They weren't quite sure about what they were doing. And so they bought a plugin to fix it. Uh, And he said, I'm not necessarily saying that that's bad, that there are some very useful plugins and that sort of stuff. But he said, when you have all of these plugins, the more plugins you have, the slower your website is going to run, the more problems it creates, uh, as, as you were saying before about keeping things updated. And so there's a lot of stuff sometimes that goes on in the background where I think people can be misled or taken advantage of or not getting the highest quality product. So from your perspective as a professional in the field, how do you recommend people go about evaluating and selecting a professional and what kind of questions should they be asking?
2: Well, as I alluded to in the previous segment, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, doing things the old-fashioned way. And so I would say word of mouth is is the number one starting point. Ask around. And uh doesn't necessarily have to be someone there in your local area, but you know, the people you network with online. Maybe you're part of a Google Plus community or a Facebook group or you know Twitter Uh, connections, LinkedIn connections, you know, ask for some referrals, ask around, get some, get some people together and ask them and pick their brain. The next thing I would do is write it down. Uh, Come up with a apples to apples RFQ, a request for quote that you can get out to your, your chosen uh, vendors that you want to get a quote from and start there. Of course, the conversation is probably going to expand out from that point, but, Starting with an RFQ that everyone can can provide their proposal from is huge. Uh, don't rely on yourself to be able to regurgitate that information because no one's perfect. You're going to miss details. So go with a written RFQ that you can uh, get out there, and you might learn some details as you get feedback, and you might have to create one, two, three addendums to that and let people uh, have the opportunity to adjust their proposals based on new information as the conversation unfolds. Um now in terms of you know talking with with firms about this kind of thing, let's get into some executional stuff. You just hit on one of the things that that uh, I I personally as a as a business owner I've made a conscious decision to not have Brand Shepherd host websites and Brand Shepherd will not resell domain names. So I'm a big believer in this. Um, web firms that host websites and website, uh, web firms that resell names are doing so because it's continuous passive income. It's a way to get monthly or yearly little bits of income. And that's that's not the reason why you should be going to your web firm because hosting and URL reservations are commodities. Sure, you can get, you know, you know protections and all kinds of bells and whistles that the GoDaddy's, the BlueHost, the hosting companies are going to try to tack on you that you try to check out. But by and large, uh, hosting and domain reservations are, are commodities. And you can find the apples to apples sort of pricing right there on, on, the, big, on the big names. Uh, the other thing about that is uh, hosting is also vulnerable. Uh, we have changed our hosting provider about four different times over the last few years. As the big guys, uh, as they have combined and uh, consolidated, their services have gone down the drain quite a bit. And we, uh, we've experienced some, some big time problems with some of the big names. So we actually went out and I did, I followed my own advice. I asked my, uh, my trusted peers for names of small web hosting companies that do nothing but host websites. I didn't want a company that did, you know, everything under the sun related to a website I just wanted someone who loves hosting. They you know, just dream about hosting and keep it secure. So I pay a little more. I pay around, you know, uh, I think it's about $20 a month for hosting. But we've never been attacked. We've had 100% uptime. It's a fantastic thing. So I always advise our customers. I say, look, I don't want you to come to me to re-up your hosting agreement, and I don't think you should come to me to re-up your domain mm-hmm. reservation, just as I don't believe I should be reselling your Your offices, water, and electricity. You know that's these are ongoing costs associated with the business, and they just need to be treated that way. So, look to get your hosting, your URLs from a different source, and ask your shows and thunder for who they recommend. I I, I bet they have. And if it's them that they they recommend, is if it's themselves, then that's a red flag. Um, The next two are um, they go hand in hand. And I, I would look to ask for two or three websites from the last six months that they have deployed. And when you see those examples, make sure that they are uh, websites that are responsive designs. So responsive design means that one website can respond uh, with its content to any screen size. doesn't matter if it's a desktop, phone, tablet, tablet, you name it. Responsive design is the way that all websites should be created right now, unless the customer, or the client that they cr- were created on behalf of, had very specific reasons on why not to do that. And then, and that's a great conversation to have with your your web uh, creator and understand, okay, this isn't a responsive website. Now, why is that? Have them tell that story. But by and large, when creating a website in 2014, you should always be thinking mobile first. You should assume that your customers are going to interact with your website on a mobile device first, and a laptop or desktop computer second. So there's hashtags you can follow on Twitter, Google+, et cetera, things like OneWeb, mobile first, to kind of get a sense on what we web creators are thinking, how we're promoting these sorts of things. So those things, ask around, get your hosting and URL from somewhere else, look for responsive designs in two to three examples from the last six months.
1: Okay, that sounds like some really, really great advice. Because that way, you can actually go around and poke uh, poke around and see how the websites work and 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 those sorts of things, and get a sense for for things. One of the things too that I just kind of as uh, as we're beginning to wind down here a little bit, Dan. One of the things I'd like to you know uh, explore with you is a little bit is that. Um, one of the friends, one of the fellows I know who is a very, very strong marketing guy says, you know, he said, unfortunately, what happens is that a lot of people set themselves up not just as website designers, but as marketing people when they really aren't marketing people. And so he said, you have to be very, very careful in making a selection because when you're designing a website, it's not just a matter of coming up with some pretty pictures, but your, mar- your content needs to be designed from a marketing and a customer service perspective. So, so, how do you guys go about approaching that? Right, we're,
2: we are uh, very proud of the fact that we are generalists in uh, in the specific niche of branding. So it's a kind of a yin yang kind of thing there. But uh, we're generalists. So uh, while websites make up a huge part of what we create, and it, we also include a lot of uh, strategy, a lot of guidance, and all the things you might uh, read into the name of Shepherd Brand Shepherd. So while we can certainly tackle and we do tackle the executional components, you know, like your your uh, uh, friend was saying, uh, we also get into the the content creation of of that website. And I think I think this has to come from someone that has a generalist mentality. The thing I would maybe look out for is working with a specialist who specializes in just you know executing the development of a website but then includes a, oh, yeah, I could do that too. Um, if, their, if their website history, if their examples aren't filled with content that they have helped mold and helped create, and you know, that was an integral part of designing the, the website itself or at least putting some thought into how and when content is used, um, that's a red flag. So be aware of the, oh, I can do that too kind of thing. I think you... You hit it on the head when you said that it's not just pretty pictures, but they're really design is you know, aesthetics with intent. So you have to really think about what, how the content is designed, how the, the marketing plan is being executed within the design. It, it all goes together uh, in, impacting each other.
1: Okay, great. Yeah, again, some wonderful advice there, Dan. I really appreciate that. And I appreciate so much you taking the time to uh, to be on with me today. Uh, as we wrap up here, why don't you just take a couple of minutes and tell our listeners uh, how they can connect with you and how you and your organization can help them.
2: Oh, thank you. Uh, well, we are at uh, brandshepherd.com, B-R-A-N-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D, Brandshepherd.com. And uh, we are also uh, on Google Plus and Twitter and LinkedIn. We are not on Facebook. We, we believe Facebook is dead for, for brands. But uh, the way that we help uh, businesses is we, like I said before, are generals. And so we come into the picture and we first listen to the business owner, to the, the manager, and listen for a period of time and, and really get to know what the challenges, what the pain points, what the goals and plans are for the things that you want to do, and then working with you, we come up with a plan. We uh, get a budget together and execute. The primary places where we are active in most would be uh, web experiences and always thinking mobile first. We are in consumer product packaging quite heavily, both direct to consumer and through retail channels, and then in brand and corporate identity development. And so with those all working together, we're in a very interesting time right now where the digital world is colliding with the printed space, where smartphones and tablets are now being welcomed inside stores as part of the the space of interacting with, whether it's a coffee shop, whether it's a consultant, whatever, there's a whole lot of connection happening between pixels and dots, we're happy to be there to help shepherd that process along.
1: Excellent. Well, Dan, thanks so much again for taking time to be on the Gary Smith show today. Uh, I really appreciate all the wonderful uh, you know, content and value that you've added to the show and to our listeners. And I hope you have the opportunity in the not too distant future to have you back on and let's talk about some more stuff.
2: Hey, thank you so much for having me. It was a, it was a pleasure.
1: Okay, that wraps up our conversation with Dan Kraske at Brand Shepherd. Uh, just really, really great stuff. Uh, you might want to go back and listen to the podcast uh, of the show after it's posted and take some more notes because there's just a lot of stuff in there to uh, to consider and to learn from uh, Dan's years of experience and his wisdom in dealing with the marketplace. Well, that puts uh, a bow on the uh, on another edition of the Gary Smith Show. Uh, so glad to have you along for the ride today. Just want to let you know No, I will not be here next week. There'll be a rebroadcast of one of our older shows. I'm actually going to be up in Tolland at the Star Hill Family Athletic Center for Lifestyles Expo, Connecticut. I'd love to have you folks stop by, get a copy of one of my books, chat for a little while. Uh, You can go to lifestylesexpoct.com for more information there. And the following week, I will be back live uh, with Dr. Gina Loudon, and we'll be talking about leadership uh from a christian perspective so you'll want to uh, want to tune in for that thanks again for coming on the on today uh really enjoyed having you folks listening into the show if you have any questions or anything please uh, send them to me at questions at optex.com i'd uh, love to be able to interact with you be happy to answer uh, any questions you have via email and until we see each other again have a great weekend be blessed live your life on purpose bye bye now
0: Thank you for joining us this morning. Please mark your calendars and be sure to join us next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of The Gary Smith Show. And remember, there are a number of resources available to assist you at Gary's website, Optex.com. Until next week, may God richly bless you.